0: Welcome to Shatter by Rockwell Automation Women in the Field. We're your hosts, Olivia Robertson
1: and Corinne Pelish.
0: Anisha Russell joins us today. We talk through work life balance and the pressure we feel as millennials to create and to maintain the quote unquote ideal life. Olivia, how are you? Hi, friend. How are you doing? I'm great.
1: Uh, good. I'm also doing great. Here we are again, back at it, living the dream.
0: I know. I know. This is our what eighth or ninth podcast?
1: Yeah, it's getting up there, and um, we keep learning, and we're we're going we're we're live on social. So yes, we are. That's a big update, right? All of a sudden, we're getting all these LinkedIn likes, and it's blowing up our feeds
0: <laughs> yeah and not to mention we're we're we have now reached other industries everyone other not industries just,
1: in other yeah. countries right we're global like
0: who's who's listening a little of us? but <laughs> exciting
1: <laughs> I just remember when this was our little thought child in uh oh. early this year and now we're global
0: uh what an accomplishment
1: I'm very proud of this so far. Me too.
0: And just like the incredible
1: guests that we've had. It's it's been a fun journey and we've got a great one today.
0: Yes, we do. So Anisha Russell will be joining us later. But first, we do want to create a new segment within our podcast where we do a little bit more recognition of our peers and fellow women in the industry. So with that, first I do want to highlight one of our dear friends, Jay Aha, who won the 2020 Engineering Leader Under 40 Award by Control Engineering. Ooh, that's a big deal, Jay. Yeah, congrats, Jay. We
1: are so proud to know you. So real quick shout out to Ken, who is Anisha's boyfriend, for taking fur baby Chloe out on a walk during our recording session today. So major shout out to Ken for just being the hero of the week. And we are thrilled that you allowed us this time with Anisha uninterrupted. So thank you.
0: Yes. And also wanted to shout out to some of our coworkers who have been giving us some very good feedback and been listening with us and, and going on this journey with us. We appreciate you taking the time to listen, giving us constructive criticism. We are improving... Everywhere we can, and we appreciate you, so. Yes, we sure do. All right,
1: time to shine. Uh, This week on Shatter, we've got Anisha Russell, who is a native of Detroit, Michigan. She literally wears her city on her sleeves since uh, since she has the Detroit skyline tatted on the inside of her left arm. She loves to show the world the beauty within the beast of her city. Anisha loves all things Detroit, from the culture, to the clothes, to the people, to the food, Shout out to Coney Island. She graduated from the University of Michigan, go blue, with a BSc in Industrial and Operations Engineering. Anisha is incredibly family-oriented, from her parents who have been married for 42 years, which is incredible, to her younger sister who just got married in September, and finally to her beloved fur baby, Chloe. She is happily dating the love of her life. You can find Anisha indulging in 90-Day Fiance. Or watching college football or being motivated by my 600-pound life to work out multiple times a week, often enjoying the post-workout feel, not necessarily the pain it took to get there. Anisha joined Rockwell Automation in 2007 with the sales training program. Since then, she's taken a variety of different roles within the company in advance to a regional business lead role. Anisha, welcome to Shatter. Oh my
2: gosh, good afternoon. Thank you. That sounded so good, Corinne. I almost didn't recognize myself.
1: (laughs) Who is this stellar human? What? Yes. (laughs) It's so fun. And I feel like it's been a long time. We talked with, you know, about this idea with you a long time ago and we're funny. Yes,
2: yes, yes. This has been on my mind and on my heart. I'm so glad you guys offered me this opportunity to join you and to talk a little bit about my life or my own experiences. But um, yeah, I'm really excited. really looking forward to jumping in.
0: Yeah, as are we. But first, we need to know more about the pup. Can you tell oh. us a bit more about Chloe? Oh, my gosh.
2: Um, hopefully you won't have to hear from her herself today. But she is my four-year-old Bichon uh, poodle mix um, <laughs> that I got actually while I was living in Milwaukee um, about four years ago, four and a half years ago and she is so attention hungry. Um, She demands to be the center of attention in any room that she goes into. Um, She loves spending time at her grandparents' house where she has other dogs to play with, and um, I'm sure every day she's waking up like, why are we still at home?
1: (laughs) Why is my human
2: still here? Uh, She can't quite figure out this whole COVID-19 situation. I bet
1: she loves it, though you know
2: i think she loves it i also think she preferred not having me here so much um but it has been you know part of my adjustment to working from home figuring out the proper time where the mailman comes and putting a note on the door for amazon you know not to
1: completely
2: disrupt everything that's happening here but i adore her she's absolutely perfect
1: (laughs) i love that she i've seen pictures she's beautiful you guys make Thank a great you. family. I love it. Thank, Thank you. <laughs> you know, made the
2: mistake of getting a white dog and re- not recognizing that she is going to just get into everything and, and it will all show at all times. But beyond That's that. That's her plan. It's that, to make
0: sure totally. that she is still the center of your attention.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> if that means green paws, because mom just cut the grass or red mulch because she likes to roll around in that she's going to make everything known what she has been doing. for the last. She knows what <laughs> she's doing. She a yes.
1: Pardon. <laughs> yes for sure well Anisha you are in good company you are among two other workout fiends we also mm-hmm. find ourselves constantly biking hiking all of the above um so sometimes it is a struggle right mm-hmm. to make sure that that's part of your daily life how do you stay motivated besides watching 600 oh. pounds Dr. Now, he is my motivation. I mean, um,
2: is there anything better than that? Uh, you know, honestly, I, I wouldn't even put myself in the category with, with you and Olivia. I, I work out because I need to. It's because mm-hmm. I love food and because Coney Island delivers at all hours of the night that I have to force <laughs> myself into the gym. But truly, the motivation comes from I feel my best when mm-hmm. I. know that I put time and effort and energy into my physical well-being and you know I'm really big into taking mental breaks for your your mental health and doing the things that re-energize you and I may complain I may you know not feel like doing it or I may just like grunt and Crumble my whole way to the gym, but I always feel better when it's finished. Um, exactly. You know, social media is a huge motivator for that too, because these pictures live on forever. So being able to, you know, look back or look forward, you know, to to pictures and knowing that i I look my best and feel my best, that that helps to motivate me as
1: well, for sure. Yes,
0: great point. <laughs> Definitely agree with that. So jumping into a little bit more of your professional life, yeah. today you're the regional business lead for Rockwell Automation. How did you get to this? Can you give us a little bit of a backstory of your career path and how you sure. got Sure.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I've heard, many people from Rockwell talk about their career trajectory and it kind of takes this like zigzag path. And mine is definitely no different than that. Um, You know, as Corinne mentioned, I started Rockwell in 2007 in the sales training program, not having a clue who Rockwell automation was or what a POC was or any of the other three letter acronyms that we use to describe our business. Um, But I was just really drawn to the work of, um, mixing in engineering and business and customer facing and this, you know, mystery of automation and, and what that brings to consumers just really drew me into the company. And then I met some really awesome people who were recruiting as well. Shout out to Jody Schrader. She was the one who recruited me at the University of Michigan. Um, but they painted this picture of this organization and the impact that I just couldn't you know move away from so I was like I don't know what I'll be selling but I want to sell it you know I want to work for this company to sell it whatever it was right. um so I had an opportunity to work as an account manager for a number of years in Richmond Virginia and that's where I really grew to understand more about our portfolio you know who we are in the industry our market share you know the the emphasis that we put on not just the, the quality of our product but the integrity of the people in the organization. And I was really drawn into that work and having an opportunity to mentor and guide other people kind of set me up for um, my next role, which was global sales training manager, um, moving back to Milwaukee. So there I had an opportunity to do people development and, and recognize strengthen people and try to develop them. And then, you know, where there could be gaps or opportunities to improve, putting together development plans to help people achieve their, their you know, top potential. Um, so even at that point, I think I knew early on I wanted to be um, working with people. I didn't know what capacity. I didn't know if it would be, you know, a manager or if it would just be as a mentor. I think I would have been content either way, but my, my path just kind of took me along that opportunity to lead early career individuals. Um, and then I after spending about 10 years outside of Michigan, I really wanted to get back closer to home and get back in front of customers again. Um, and the irony is, I think as a salesperson, I was like, oh, I'll never get into CSM. I don't ever think I'll be in a business unit. I don't want to, you know, focus on services, you know, kind of downplay it a little bit. And so imagine my surprise, the last two roles that I've had have been in the the CSM organization. And I've loved both of them. They've each given me a perspective um, of understanding, again, the business unit impact, but then also how do we support our customers outside of, you know, just a a product or a brown box? How do we supplement them in, in all the needs that they have? So I definitely didn't see this current position from when I started in 2007, but each opportunity just came and brought a different challenge and a different opportunity for me to grow and, um, you know, deepen my skill set in, in a way that
0: the, the previous role did not.
2: And you have a very unique
0: position too. In fact, that like you really are a hybrid of both sales and the services and business unit side of things. So you see all facets of how things are developed and how we go to market and all of the value add that you Mm -hmm. need to make sure we're including and incorporating into the business. So very
2: cool. Absolutely. Yeah. I still wear my GSM tattoo. I'm branded, I think GSM for life and and CSM as well. I don't think I'll ever let go of my salesperson mentality. And I think that's a great wow. trait to have, being able to understand the importance to our customers and making sure to keep them in mind around whatever it is that we're doing um, is a really critical, you know, skill set and and value to bring to the business unit.
1: And quick shout out that Anisha actually hired me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, when I was talking about all those wonderful people that I had an opportunity to sew into, Corinne was one of those <laughs> who had to either suffer from or hopefully uh, benefit from my uh, my managerial early on managerial skills and you can tell me if It looked like I didn't
1: know. <laughs> I that. just remember being like, who is this woman who has like this amazing perspective of this company? I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> I still remember so when you called me at my college campus and you're like, Hey, by the way, and I, I think I skipped the next class and I was just on cloud nine. I was like, I just got to
0: yes. school. <laughs>
2: I don't think I'll ever forget even as an intern, Corinne was resound. She, was, <laughs> she knew what she wanted. She was, she if she didn't like something, she was going to respectfully let it be That's known. not so respectfully. I was going to say, it doesn't sound like things know. have changed, actually. <laughs> you know, she she had a vision. She had a vision, and I totally respected that. And as you can see, it has done her well <laughs> in her uh her progression through this organization but that, that that those are the moments that i loved right there was so much many different challenges that come with one group one class to the next mm-hmm. and never it was ne- no two days were ever the same
0: ever in, in and i kind of love the passion also of working with like the new hires and the young de- mm-hmm. and developing them so. absolutely absolutely this podcast
2: episode brought to you by rockwell automation's integrated services agreement this flexible suite of support services enable you to capitalize on the value of your Rockwell Automation Investments across your facility. The Integrated Services Agreement covers key services like technical remote support, repair services, field services, e-learning, and digital analytics and reports. The three-tier model allows you to select the right package of offerings to meet your needs get foundational services with the essential tier, a full set of support services within enhanced, or get data insights and proactive management with the premier tier. As of November 1st in North America, global regions to follow suit, you will be able to bundle the support services you
1: Moving into the discussion of today's topic, you know, it primarily circles around embracing this cultural shift of life choices and finding balance throughout that, both in our professional worlds and our personal worlds. And I think traditionally, when we think of life stages, we think of that nursery rhyme, you know, first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes Mm -hmm. a baby in the baby carriage. Um, I'm seeing some head nods, so definitely (laughs) as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But in all seriousness, this is really the traditional approach for women. You know, you date, you get married, you procreate. But this is not always the case specifically with, with millennials and and other up and coming generations. Anisha, can you speak to how you viewed life stages as a young woman and maybe how that's just shifted over time?
2: Absolutely. So I I throw myself in that traditional mindset for sure. When I was a, a, a young woman, you know, you mentioned, I think in my bio about my parents who have been together for 42 years. Um, what well, you don't may, may not realize in that is my, my mom got married when she was 22.
0: That seems um, so, so young right now. So I young. I mean,
2: seriously. I, I ask her to this day, what were you <laughs> thinking? <laughs> you know, how, how are you ready for marriage at that age? But that was the mm-hmm. example that I had. And it wasn't just my mom, I had many of my aunts and, and other prominent women in my life who married very young. And so, needless to say, with that example, that was what I thought my life would be like also. So I happened to be dating someone when I graduated from college and, and started my professional career at Rockwell. And, and of course, back then it seemed serious and we, we definitely felt that we were going to spend forever together. And so in my mind, I, I vividly remember sitting in, on college campus at the University of Michigan, like designing my wedding ring, planning my wedding. We were going to get married right after college graduation, and I wanted to have my first kid by 25, and I wanted to be done having children by 30, and the home, and all those things were completely, you know, planned out in my, in my mind, and um, what I didn't attribute for maybe so much where it was my career, was his career, where our lives were taking us in different paths, and, and, and of course, you know, the inevitable happened, and, and what started off as young love did not, did not, you know, carry on. And so I found myself at 29 years old or so single. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember Corinne, I was running sales training program when I turned 30. And I remember thinking, I'm 30. I'm not in a relationship. I don't have children. This is not mm-hmm. what I it's not what I saw. This is not the way, the path that I thought I was supposed to take And and how can I ever get to a 50 year marriage? If I didn't start this young, will that path ever happen for me? Um, so it, it did not take very long for that mindset to shift for sure into what I thought was going to be this perfect timeline and this ideal timeline to my life was taking this very different route. And I started to doubt and question whether it would ever happen for me. You know, it, it, did the timeline, you know, did I bypass that stage of my life? Was it going to be easy still to meet people or to date right. someone? I had a, as you ladies know, we working in technical sales and customer facing role is very demanding. Mm-hmm. And I traveled a lot and, and I didn't make time for my personal life or getting to know someone. And so I started to, um, really get sad at the thought that, um, I missed my prime or whatever right. that was. And it didn't matter how many people told you, Oh, you're still so right. young. You're still so young. I think I was already in five or six weddings by the time I turned 30. And right. So you see all that. And although the time might work for yeah. all those other people, right. and then it's so what was it about me. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Why didn't it work for me? Why did, why did, what how What did I do differently, or what did I do wrong, or did I pick the wrong person, or you know did I pick even the wrong mm-hmm. career that was taking that opportunity away from me? um so I had a lot of self doubt at that at that stage, and I didn't quite know where to take it right and and what to do with it so that shift absolutely came and and it entered me into a bit of a dark period for a while before I recognized that you know i'm, I'm I am a spiritual person, and I believe that in you know in divine timing for everything, and so it it didn't happen for me the way I planned it. But it didn't mean that it wasn't going to happen for me at all. It just was not going to be within my own time. So well said. Right?
0: Or the you. expected quote-unquote timeline. Exactly. exactly. So,
2: yeah. So, exactly. But, exactly. Because yeah. people ask, right? <laughs> let's, let's, let's be honest. People ask. Yeah. You know, how old are you? You are you dating anyone? Right. Are you seeing mm-hmm. anyone? You know. Always the bridesmaid. never All those things come up. And, and I fear, you know, how often um, young ladies succumb to the pressure from other people or that idea that you're supposed to be in a certain place by a certain age or it, um, you know, you're behind right. or it may never happen or it's not meant for you. And other people, even well-intentioned people, I, I know that to be true, very well-intentioned and people who love me didn't realize the additional pressure they were putting yeah.
0: on me. Absolutely. Asking those things. Definitely. Yeah. So going along the same lines, because we, we like numbers here, I'm sure you do as well. Yes. Um, Yes, we are analytical. Analyticals, yes. We're engineers. We're technical. <laughs> we love the numbers. Give us more. So, along those same lines, we have a bit of some more information we'd like to add to this. And as we had talked about before, millennials are really approaching life differently. Um, it's no secret we're experiencing it ourselves, um, and we're slower than yes. previous generations to establish our own households and we're doing things like buying houses, like, let's just, let's just mm-hmm. let that sink in. We're buying houses yes. and trying to finance that at this point. So we're working for it. Okay, we have yes. other priorities. <laughs> <laughs> other priorities. Yes. Um, so we're doing things a little bit differently. We're not starting, we're starting families later in life. And sometimes with not non-married partners or part, just our boyfriend or girlfriend, mm-hmm. um, we're doing it differently. So just with some mm-hmm. information to kind of help put this in perspective and break it down a little bit more. So thanks to Pew Social Trends, where we found some of this information on an article focused around millennials. The first statistic focuses on living in a family unit. If a family is defined by living with a spouse, one's own child or children or both, in 2019, millennials are only doing this 55% of the time in comparison with Gen Xers who were living in a family unit. 66% of the time, while they were in the age range of 22 to 37. So they've got about 11% higher on us than what we're doing now. Yeah. Go along with that as well. Marriage rates are lower. Only 44% of millennials Mm. were married in 2019 compared to 53% of Gen Xers with the same age rate or range. So Mm. again, they've got us about 10%, 10% higher. And lastly, birth rates are also lower. So 55% of millennial women have given birth while Gen Xers were 62%. A little bit more, but still more regardless. So again, between that 22 and 37 age range. Overall, we've just shifted everything at least five years, right? At least. Yes. So, I mean, we've kind of talked a little bit through this. Those statistics, they line up with you at this point, right?
2: Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and and I have um, started to embrace my millennial uh, generation uh, title. For the life of me, I can't understand how I'm a millennial, but I think I'm at the very tail end of the millennial generation. But but yes, all of those statistics are are me, right? That that's who that's who I am. I, I bought my home uh, almost four years ago. I did that, you know, as a, a single Woo-hoo. woman, and and I it was an awesome experience to go through and and it's been a joy and also a very uh big learning experience i don't know how to actually navigate home ownership on your own but it's been extremely empowering and and uplifting as well and you know a lot of my girlfriends even those who may have married earlier or been in relationship earlier um are just not having children um and so you know that that's I think another indicator that you shared in the statistics that some of those people may be choosing just to spend time with their spouse for a few years before even bringing children into the equation. So while my mom was done having children at the age of 35, you know, I sit here today at 36, hoping to one day, right? And right, in, in the next couple of years, um, have a child and, and you know, generations change, you know, priorities change. And I don't think at the time I thought I was prioritizing my career over family life. But if I'm honest, um, I had an opportunity to really excel and I wanted to dig into my work and I wanted to be recognized for the work that I did. And so I probably put in a lot more time into establishing myself, you know, within this company and you know building milestones in my work life that may have um, unbeknownst to me delayed some of the other things in my personal life and you know i i I'm careful to say that it's not right or wrong either way right if if someone started their family life earlier on in 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 their life you know in their young millennial ages or early 20s and, and early 30s. And I think that's great. There's a lot of benefits for that. Um, from where I sit today, I can see a lot of benefits that I can have um, coming into this stage of my life later, right? I'm, I'm, I am more settled. I am a little more accomplished. I do have a home. I've, I've built up, you know, an understanding of how to manage my finances in a way that I believe I could manage and, and help You know, into a household or a family, you know, situation a little bit better than I could in my twenties. And and even when I say about, you know, how did my mom get married at twenty? A lot of people, some people are ready. I was not. I thought I was, but I I was not. Look at
0: that age, and I'm like, if I had a kid. So I'm 28 right now. About I'll be 29 very very soon, and. It's like I would yeah. look back at myself at 22 years old and I'd be like, I don't even think I could pay for myself to eat. How could I pay how could I pay totally. for a kid?
2: Totally. Uh, yeah, I pat myself on the back when I remember to put food and water in Chloe's bowls. Honestly, I mean, if I can remember to do that every day, then right. I feel accomplished, like <laughs> right? And and that I am helping something other than myself yes. remain alive. <laughs> and
0: depends well, on and to so, that too, also, yeah. I mean, we have to think about it in a different way too. That a lot of us are choosing to get these animals and to take on. Mm-hmm. Um, Adopting or getting a pet or whatever the case is, and that's our priority. So, totally agree. Totally agree. You know, I've had,
2: I've had you know, again, I use the term well intentioned because I do believe that, that most of these comments come from a, a place of, of kind hearts. Um, but I've had some colleagues, male colleagues, who have, you know, Said to me, oh, you know, well, Anisha, you don't have kids, so you don't know, yeah.
1: Of course, or, Anisha, you my don't eyes have kids, the back so of you, my head. you
2: probably don't know this. And I'm like, oh, as if my me coming home every day to an empty house doesn't—I don't already know that I right. don't have kids. Thank you for that reminder, right. you know, or it's like, uh, come on, you know, you got to think about the impact of our words on people yes. because none of us know what a person may have been trying for, or what they may be struggled with, or even if they have the desire to have children. So, you know, I, I think that's an, a, another change and shift that has happened between the generations and people are opting to not, you know, have biological children and, and that still makes up their family structure, you know, for them. Uh, I, I was very happy with Chloe and I for the last four years and you know my boyfriend is coming into the in the in the equation and I think of us as our little family unit and and that brings me a lot of joy you know at this time and fulfillment and I still look forward to future opportunities to partake in my slice of the American dream or you know what, what we would want to have on a, um, our definition of a family structure and, and yet I have to remind myself that where I am today is also just as meaningful. and important.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's the powerful thing is acknowledging and embracing these changes and making sure that yes. you are okay with them. And, you know, as we look at the world, there's more um, um, divorces now than ever. There's more mixed families now than ever. There's more adoptions. There's more LGBTQ plus communities and yes. families. And it's, it's very different. There's you know, yes. mothers, there's, You know, you and your boyfriend may choose to never get married and that will still be your family. And that is a okay. So there's all of these changes as we ebb and flow throughout this, this, um, cultural shift. So yes, do you have any words of advice or wisdom to people who maybe, um, are, are a little struggling maybe to ask the right questions? Or, mm, for folks. Yeah. So just how to maybe be a little bit more sensitive or ask more generic questions.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I think you hit on it, right? It's, it's about not imposing our own ideas and thoughts around what family looks mm-hmm. like or what success even looks like. I think we've, we've gotten ourselves to a place where we understand that there's no one definition of success from a professional standpoint. And yet, on the personal scale, we oftentimes still go back to that traditional viewpoint. And and again, if that is the desire of the person pursuing that, then absolutely, you know, that that's still my heart's desire. Um, even just started, is just shifted back several right. years from where I thought it was going to, to begin. Right. Um, but it is. It's. it's I, I think we have to focus on getting to know a person on an individual basis, as opposed to categorizing them in a group. It and, and it could be women in general, it could be millennial women, you know, even those statistics, while they are accurate, and I think they tell us a lot, it doesn't speak to every person individually. And so there could be people who identify in that, or born into the millennial generation who still have different, you know, opinions about what they want and what they want to pursue. So um, I try, and and I fail at this oftentimes, but I do try to be very cognizant of um, asking a person about what their individual pursuits Mm -hmm. are. Get to know them individually as opposed to, you know, thinking that my definition of family or what they're pursuing may be what they're also, you know, going after. Um, So yeah, it's about keeping it generic and getting to know a person on an individual basis. And and, um, I think building those high trust relationships and being open and being vulnerable really breed the ground for people to be more open and honest and giving of themselves and what they're, you know, things that have been taboo to talk about at work. It wouldn't be that way.
0: Anymore. Yeah. And along the lines of a bit of a taboo idea. So in yeah. previous generations, we've seen family consists of one breadwinner, and that typically is mm-hmm. the male counterpart of that family unit. This, the shift is now and it's happening where both partners have careers yeah. or maybe the female or the woman is the breadwinner and they're responsible also yep. for a lot of the family responsibilities. So as we see family and choices change, the idea of work-life balances needs to change also. Um, how, how do you balance your life with all of your, these work boundaries? What do you do to stay focused yeah. and in it when you need to work and not in it when you don't? Yeah.
2: You know, I, I have to admit that the, the honest answer is that I don't know that I achieve balance um, every week, let alone every day. Um, being that I am right now a, a single woman living in a, a home, um, I <laughs> underestimated the commitment and the care and uh, upkeep that is required for a home. And my home is a little bit older. And so, you know, I I found myself like sitting in a ball one day when it was like the water heater stopped working and the roof was leaking. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't. And oh, by the way, you know, you're doing this presentation and you're preparing for this meeting. And um, so that balance is one that I I seek to strike. Mm -hmm. And I don't do it, and I don't do it well <laughs> very, very often or all the time. Um, I, I think about work-life balance for me it may look a little bit different, again, for many of the um, people in my peer age group, because I don't have children at home. I don't have anyone I need to see off to school or get home from school and do school work with. But I do have older parents, mm-hmm. and it, it's my desire to check on them and make sure that they have the things that they need and we have dinner together a couple days a week um, because we enjoy it, but also gives me an opportunity just yeah. to check in on them, make sure that I'm, I'm seeing them face-to-face and making sure that they're okay. Um, you know, it, it's I don't think it's coincidence that uh, the year after I moved home, both of my parents had to go through surgery mm-hmm. um, in subsequent years. And so being able to be here and care for them and take time off from work appropriately is my definition of work-life balance, being able to care for my parents and my sibling and my, my cousins who may need my care or my help. Um, that that's what it looks like for me. And it, it may not be on an everyday basis that, that I need to care for a family member. But when those times come, I have found it to be a challenge to figure out how to, you know, appropriately mm. separate myself from work? Or is it okay? You know, will people understand if I need to cut off a little bit early right. to go pick my piece, my nieces up from school, you know, at three o'clock on Friday, or, or will people have in their minds, she doesn't have a husband, she doesn't have children. So why do you need to start your day a little bit, right. you know, later or in your day a little early, if you don't have those traditional commitments in, and, in, and not that anyone's ever said that to me. So that's, that maybe a one piece of advice that, that I would give to others is don't create your own narrative that may not exist. Right. No one's ever said that to me. But in my mind, I was just so self-conscious mm-hmm. about the fact that other people may be viewing me this way or other people may be asking this question. Am I online enough? Do I need to get back on at six o'clock whenever I get back? from checking on my parents and just work a couple of more hours. And, and thankfully we don't work for an organization. I, I can say, I personally, I've never worked for a person who has made me feel that way in this company. Um, and yet it's still just something that nags in the back of my mind um, all the time.
1: All the and time. I think a lot of that comes from the pressure with technology today. You know, really, yes. we, we carry these things everywhere. Your cell phone is completely <laughs> attached to you. And all of a sudden, you know, Microsoft Teams is downloaded on there. We now text colleagues when we're in meetings yes. and like, hey, are you hopping on? And where are you? And, yes. you know, like, uh, I need you on this call or emergency. Yes. And w- where does it end, right? Where do, you, yep. where do you step back and say, you know what? If it's not an emergency, it can wait till tomorrow. It can wait till next yes. week. Um, so how do you deal with that constant pressure to be on? Is there any, any additional advice that you've found to really help center yourself in some of those pressured moments?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, even something as small as setting your do not disturb or your bedtime hours—that is that's something I do on my personal phone. I carry two phones, um, which also is a former self-care. People, it had to have for me to have two phones has been so nice to be able to decompartmentalize yeah, right. um, my life, right? Because I can go on vacation and perhaps if I'm out of the country, I leave my work phone at home because I'm not going to be checking email. And and if I've already made the proper, you know, um, I've, I've made the the uh, recommendations for people to find help if they need to. If I'm not accessible, or I've, I've made sure to take care of those plans, and so therefore I will not be um, distracted by that phone, and yet I'll still have access to technology as I needed to. So that for me was one major form of being able to separate um, that. And then, like I said, putting on the Do Not Disturb at night. If an email comes in at eleven o'clock, you know likelihood of you doing something that's going to impact the outcome of that situation at, at that hour is probably very low. Outside of, you know, emergency situations, which shouldn't probably come in via email right. anyway, but I know we're thinking in, in general terms here. I don't think any of us on the phone or probably probably a part of RA Wi-Fi as a whole. We're not looking for reasons to negate work or to, you know, just bypass our responsibilities. And we have a responsibility to ourselves. Mm-hmm into our self-care and our mental health and being able to pour into ourselves for me that could be watching two hours of 90 days <laughs> or you know and that's that helps me it's it's almost mindless but it's something I enjoy it's how yes, yes. It takes my mind off of things for a
0: little while and yeah. it's necessary I feel that it's necessary you almost need that escapism it just completely oh, just takes sure. your mind off of everything
2: For sure. Absolutely. And, and don't get me wrong, I I hold people in super high regard who have this work ethic that goes nonstop. And yet that is not the desire for my life. I I honestly do desire to have balance and to be able to be a well rounded person in all avenues that means being a good girlfriend and making myself available for you know exploration and, and vacations and adventures and it means being a good daughter and being able to, to care for my parents as they age and as a, a good sibling and celebrating and standing side by side for my sister on her wedding day and all the other other you know aspects of Anisha I'm not just a regional business lead for rock bottom right there's so much more to that person is it is to all the
1: people. Absolutely. And I think you worded that really well too because we, I think we focus a lot on other people's particularly as women. We're like what yes. do you need? Let me help whether it's yes. personal, yes. professional and you got to make sure you are watching 90-day fiance when you yeah. check in with yourself and re- like refresh, you need to go do that facial. Yes. You you need to yes. take care of yourself equally as much for mental health reasons, for physical health, just for Yes. I don't know about you, but I'm an introvert. So I would love to stay home and yes, watch yes. sometimes. Oh my gosh. And
2: totally as
1: important. So definitely, um, as we work on this, what is work-life balance in, in the digital mm-hmm. age and in these this new cur- cultural shift of life choices, just making sure it is okay. And yes, it is. I like what you said about no one, maybe in particular, specifically at Rockwell, has said. You need to be on at this time, and you need to make sure. But exactly. we do put that pressure on ourselves. Mm-hmm. So just Absolutely. have some grace. You know, it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> you're yes. gonna be
2: fine. We give each other, I think, way more grace yes. than we give ourselves. Yes. <laughs> and so that's that is something that we have to we have to do and be okay with doing that. And and you know, another thing that I'm still learning. I'm 14 years almost into my you know professional working life, and yet I don't always. I don't find myself saying no mm. enough. I want to do so much. I want to, you know, be a part of so many things. And I recognize that um, even when I know it's going to be a challenge to get it done or it's overtaxing and I'm going to be exhausted and mentally mm. drained at the end of it, I still say yes. Yeah. And um, you know, that's, I think is indicative of women. I think it's especially indicative of women of color. You don't always get a lot of opportunities to do certain things. And so if you say no one time, will you ever get an opportunity again? Yes. And it's like, oh my gosh, all of these added pressures and stressors that do just, they, they eat into us and it shows up, you know, in, in how we navigate. And so, um, learning to, and being empowered to say, no, I'm yes. not at this time. Thank you for the consideration, but I'm not able to right, right now. Yeah. And that's okay. And it is
0: absolutely yes. okay. Actually, Corinne and I earlier this year had a similar conversation once when we were really trying to get the podcast up and running. And it was like, we need to just stop saying yes, as much as like, I think it's a trait that women in general also have where we're like, yes. let's go, let's keep saying yes to everything. We want to do everything. We want to yep. almost overcompensate for things, even though there probably isn't anything <laughs> totally. to overcompensate for, but it's just being able to, yeah, take a look and just be like, okay, do I really need to do this? Probably not. Absolutely. Right. Well, and even Absolutely. last week,
1: Olivia took Monday off and then she was texting me or messaging me. And she's like, I might take tomorrow and off. I'm like, yes, take it off. Like it was, yes. you deserve that. Like check out, take care of your schoolwork, take care of like whatever. And and if I were to do that for myself, I'd be like, no, you can't take off. Like, you, <laughs> nice. do awesome work. But for,
0: for yes. anyone else
1: for, and I think that comes with, um, you know, we, we're getting better at women supporting women and, empowering one another and that's a beautiful thing but you don't forget Absolutely. yourself and, and in today's equation.
2: age with COVID and yes. the mental impact that that's happening having on all of us it's even more important now to take your vacation right and and to schedule that time and and it may not be the best time from a business perspective but it just may be the time that you need yes right now um and that's the other thing that i that i've had to learn you know early on in my career i was like oh i'm just not going to take vacation i'm going to be on it's like i got to a point of burnout you, you burn out when you don't do that. So it's not a gift to the company that you work through your vacation. It's actually detrimental because right. you're not able to give the best of you as you would when you take that moment to breathe and regroup and do all of those things that are in your self care, you know, um, little bag, whatever things make you feel re-energized. Yes. You
1: have to go do that. I even remember um, this summer I had had for some reason, just like the most stressful week I texted my boss and I'm like, I will not be working tomorrow. I was like, mental health day. I'm going yes. into the mountains and I will come back at the end of the day. <laughs> Good and for he, you. He just goes, Great. <laughs> it was not even a question. Yeah. But that, no. I felt like I was being rebellious, you know, like, <laughs> Yeah, we're right. going to the mountains. So I'm taking off. And he's like,
2: oh. Yes. <laughs> okay. See we you get back, yeah, right. Right? right. I know.
1: <laughs> yes. <exactly. laughs> so it is yes. so needed. Um, so yes, absolutely. Unplug rejuvenate and, yes. and just give yourself some grace and continue to cheerlead your, um, the people in your life too, to do the same. Absolutely, yes, yes, absolutely. It's very obvious
0: that we really do need to help create this new idea of what is considered work-life balance, as well as what's considered to be mm-hmm. the typical family and um, life expectations, right? So, yes. do you have any lasting advice for our listeners who may be going through the same thing or trying to figure out how to handle these changes?
2: Yeah. You know, I, the one thing I can say is if life over the last 36 years has taught me anything, it's that um, it may not look the way others expect it to. It may not look the way you anticipated it to, and others may not understand it or get it. But when you commit to yourself, your desires, the things that you truly believe and want for your life, it's just as fulfilling when they happen, no matter what age or stage you're in, when they occur. I am happier than I've ever been, probably, in my personal life. Um, I have this epiphany that the, the next decade is knocking at the door for me. And while I was terrified and... Um, I felt insecure coming into my 30s. I don't feel that way coming into my 40s. And so I am excited for this next chapter. And so I just encourage everyone to embrace the place that you're in. Because if you can find contentment, not complacency, if you can find contentment and happy and joy in whatever stage of life you're in, as it continues to change, which we can see from our world, it will, it will continue to change, will continue to evolve. You'll always be able to revert back to the elements that energize you, that keep you going, that keep you happy. Those don't go away, even if they come into your life a little bit later on than you expected yeah. them to. It's just as sweet. I, I see a meme floating around, you know, social media and it's like, you know, it's it's just as fulfilling if you graduate, you know, in your forties or fifties mm-hmm. with your college degree, it's just as exciting. If you get married at 45 versus age 25, yeah. you know, you're just as much a parent. If you have your first child at 40 as if you had it at 25, all of those things, you know, when, when they happen, it doesn't negate the fact that they have happened. So celebrate that, embrace it and, and find, the joy in each stage of life, because there really is a lot of it. I love that. There's a lot of it.
1: And thank you for being so vulnerable with us today. This is a topic, I think, particularly on a lot of young women's minds, right? And we put these Mm -hmm. pressures on ourselves for certain expectations and um, for life to look a certain way, specifically with the pressures of social media. Yes. Um, Even just the pressures, gosh, we put so much on ourselves. So thank you. Your your story is- um, My pleasure. um, you know it's just so many people and it's i even remember as we were prepping for this call olivia and i were like man just hearing anisha say she doesn't have it all together when <laughs> she looks like she has it all together to me all the time is is so um it's just such a nice common ground so thank you no thank you and we've we've loved having you this has just been a, an absolute joy so thank you for your wisdom thank you your vulnerability and um just so thankful to to know you and work with you
0: Wait, 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 we've got one more announcement we want to share. REI Wi-Fi will be hosting an upcoming webinar on Wednesday, December 2nd at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time on fertility solutions. Our United Healthcare representatives will be joining us to discuss what benefits we have through our healthcare as Rockwell employees. If you have any interest in learning more about fertility solutions or other topics surrounding family planning, please join us again on December 2nd at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Hope to see you there. Okay, now you can roll the music.